answer some investing question first. Okay. Alright. So do you have some questions on your end? Yeah, I think before that, uh, maybe while we are talking, like um, yeah. I see, um, Brian, hi, C, CJY. I mean, thanks for joining us. Right, we'll make sure that uh, we we'll do everything in our power to make make sure that your time is worth. I bet you guys are actually sacrificing your lunch. Um, yeah. so I actually prepared some uh, really good content for all you guys, and I think Daryl as well. So, yep. uh, while we are answering these questions that were uh, sent in advance, uh, you guys can actually start uh, typing in questions. We'll actually read the chat. So, don't be shy because this is your, I mean, since you have spent time, you know, just write it down, right? So that uh, you'll make your uh, session fruitful. Hey, okay. Hello, yeah, hi, Jinao. And WJTO also. Okay. So, uh, I think one of the question one of the first questions that I got was like how do you start uh, investing so I'm not sure if you it resonates with you guys in, in the listeners here so uh, if it resonates if you just type yes you know if you want to learn how to start investing so I think for me right the number one thing for anyone right, who knows nothing who knows nuts about investing number one thing is you have to set up your brokerage account because no matter how much knowledge you have but if you don't have a brokerage account it's just like knowing how to shoot but you don't have a gun you gotta buy a gun first, then you should, right? So, um, I record. I personally use. Uh, I would think uh, for a starter, you should use a FSM one. So it's a uh, it's by iFast, and they charge one of the lowest brokerage fees. And you might be thinking, you know, okay, after I get a brokerage account, what do I buy, right? That's the number one question for most people. And you know, it can be very very fearful to click the first button because that's exactly how I felt, right? Because I don't know if I click ready, will I lose money? Or oh, when I make yeah. money, or oh, you know, um, you know, after I bought my first stock, I checked my stock every single day, right? Like <laughs> as if as if you're help, you know, look at your, look at your stock will not make the stock price go up or down. So I mean, it's psychological, but I would say the number one thing that you should consider is the S and P five hundred. So the S and P five hundred contains a basket of the top five hundred companies in the U S. And when you just buy one uh, stock of the S and P five hundred. You're actually buying the top 500 companies in the US. We're talking about Facebook, Google, Apple, so on and so forth. So immediately you're diversified and you're buying to the entire US economy. And I would say, you know, even if you lose money in the short run, it's totally fine because as long as the US economy doesn't uh, collapse, doesn't go bankrupt, all right, you are perfectly fine. And history has shown that since the 1900 all the way till now, right, for 100 years, if you invested in the S&P 500, every single year, you'll be getting a percentage of about uh, 7 to 9%, right? So, you know, that's better than your bank. Uh, your banks are probably giving you like 1%. So, uh, you can actually make a lot of money compounding 7 to 9%. I think within 30 years, you can make a, a million dollars if you save enough money and so on and so forth. Yeah. Right. So, that's one uh, common thing that I'll tell people. Um, if... If you are really still unsure, you can just obviously DM me or Daryl. Daryl is a hugely competent investor after he has uh, learned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, after I've been to a gym, equipped with the basic fundamentals and along with his guidance, you will definitely know, I mean, like, at least for me, at least, you know, I know sufficient enough for me to put my money. And yeah, yeah but at the end of the day, I think a lot of people have been asking, you know, it's red, are you worried? Uh, oh. the US economy, <laughs> how is it like, you know, even for myself, right, my stocks are in the yeah. US, uh, it's red, but truth is, I, I personally not as 
worried or afraid lah. Like I know I see value in the company that I invested. So I just want to get your your insights about that. Right. Um, I think a lot of people, they are so worried about uh, stock prices, right? I mean, you look at the media, oh my God, is this, is this yes. going to be the next crash? It's gone up by 7%, 8%. So I always like to tell people, right, why people are feeling that way? Because they treat the stock market like a game, right? You treat it like a, a, a gambling game, a betting game, where you know you buy into a stock, so you don't even know what you're buying. So essentially, right, when you buy into a stock, you're actually a legitimate and legal owner of a business, right? So for example, if I buy Apple, um, I'm actually buying the real Apple business. So when you go down to the Apple store, you, know, you see customers coming in, right? You're actually a business owner of that, uh, of Apple. And, and that's the beauty of the stock market, right? Because previously, if you wanted to buy over Apple, you probably need like billions of dollars. But right. now because of the stock market, with just $100, you get to participate in the prosperity of a $100 billion company, right? So as long as Apple keeps increasing its earnings, you know, you can actually um, be very well rewarded. Right? But that's one thing, right? The stock market is like a voting machine in the short run. So people will um, buy or sell based on how they feel about the company. And we all know that we are all creatures of emotions and emotions yeah. sometimes are not logical. It's not rational. So sometimes when, for example, there's a scandal, there's uh, bad news, that's, for example, the coronavirus. You know, people just fear and they start selling their stocks. So, for example, um, Daryl and I actually own this uh, school in, the, in, in, in China. And you, you own it, right, Daryl, if I'm not wrong? I'm looking at it. Oh, you're looking at it, yeah. yeah. So, basically, I, I invested in a school in China. And, yeah. you know, I just asked myself, right, let's say, you know, you have this coronavirus, you have this uh, trade war, you have all these um, things that are going on in the world. And, you know, does that stop people from buying, sorry, does it stop parents from sending their kids to school, right? So if the answer is no, then, you know, my real business earnings will not be affected. So why do I get affected by the stock price, right? In fact, you know, imagine, imagine this, right? If you are the business owner of um, Facebook, right? You're Mark Zuckerberg. And early on, when you're starting your business, someone tells you that, hey, you know, your business is actually kind of uh, a startup. I don't think it's worth uh, even uh, $10 million. Why not I offer you $1 million? Do you want to sell your company? Right? Obviously, you know, how will you guys react? Just type in the comments below. Let's say if you're Mark Zuckerberg, right? While you're building Facebook early on and someone say, you know, your, your, your business doesn't seem to be, you know, uh, catching traction. You're only having uh, a college kids coming, in, uh, coming to your platform. Right? I don't even think it's a... $10 million business, right? I'm going to pay you $1 million, right? How, how would you feel? Right, just type in the comment section below. Okay, hi, Calvester. Hi, Janissa. Thanks for joining us, yeah. right? And I see nice. MSN Nicolette joining. Thank you for joining us, right? So, you know, obviously, your number one response will be to, you know, this the person off, right? Like, I wouldn't even sell, right? Why would you want to sell a company uh, for $1 million when you know it's worth so much more? So that's the stock market, right? The stock, the stock market will tell you how much your business is worth, but as long as you know that your company is earning more and more money, then, you know, why are you affected by the noise? So for me, I've been sleeping very, very soundly because I know that my businesses <laughs> will not be affected by the news, right? My businesses are continuing earning money. You know, my, my teachers are continuing working for me. 
you know, I also own JD.com. So as an e-commerce, I know the employees of JD.com are still working for me every single day, despite having bad news of, of fears of the market crashing or not. You know, my business is still running and it's still going to earn money. So, you know, I'm not very afraid of uh, the stock yep. market. And that's the number one uh, mindset shift that anyone who wants to invest should have, right? You're buying a business. You're not buying into something that's just a game and you're not gambling, actually. True. Yeah. So I, I think one thing that I, I took away from that, right, is that uh, the beauty of stock market, you know, you said this, because of the stock market, you get to participate in the prosperity of the business. So yes. that brings me to another question, right, asked by one of them. How much is enough to begin investing? Oh, that's a super so, good question. Yeah, because um, that's something yeah. that a lot of people have been asking as well, right? Yeah, I always like to give people the analogy, right? Like, when you yeah. run a marathon, the number one thing you got, you got to do is to first take a step first, right? Every marathon yeah. starts with one step. And just like investing, right? You know, I always tell people, you only need to have 100 bucks to get started. And a lot of people are shocked. How can 100 bucks make me rich? You know, how can $100 make me rich? The thing is, it doesn't, but it gets you started. And you have to st- start somewhere, right? You know, if, you're, if you keep thinking that you, you need 100000 you need $200,000 to get started, then you'll never get started. Because by the time you hit um, 100000 by the time you hit uh, $100,000, uh, $100, then you'll feel that maybe I need more, maybe I need 150000 When you hit 150000 you feel like, hey, you know, I don't know how to invest. How should I start investing? You give yourself a lot of excuses, but yes. the best thing for you to do anything, not just investing, to do anything in life, is to just immerse your entire body into the thing that you want to learn how to do, right? And I have a lot of friends in university who started with $500. Uh, that was two years ago. And most of them in this WhatsApp group that I created. So basically, I, whoever uh, learned from me in, uh, when I was in my university days, uh, and they took action, I added them to this WhatsApp group. And, and I can easily say that you know, in this WhatsApp group, the amount of um, value in their account right now is definitely more than $5,000. So you talk about mm-hmm. someone starting at $500, now you know it's more than $5,000. I think that is a really great accomplishment for yeah, within yeah. two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, just get started. And I think the number one thing is that, you know, people think that you have to buy a lot of stocks, right? So in a US company, you can just buy only one stock, like literally one stock. So if you talk about, I think a lot of companies, they are all less than $500 per stock. So you can really just buy one stock to get started. And once, I think the beauty is when you start making money, right? That's where you, when you realize that this thing works, uh, just by clicking a button, I don't have to do anything. I let the CEOs work for me. I let the employees work for me, you know, and it's just so passive, right? Then you have this epiphany moment. I, I, I can't explain it to you. You have to experience it yourself. You have to click the button to make your first uh, $1 from the stock market. Then you realize that, you know, wow, this shit actually works and, you know, yeah. you will get even more into it. Yeah. The passion that you have towards investing is so contagious. Seriously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think all our audience can, can feel it as well. I think yeah. they might be, you know, they might be slightly overwhelmed because you have been in this space for the longest time. I, yeah. uh, I think something that I can share as well as a person who's very new into investing. Yeah. For me, it was, I, 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 I was doing sales for the longest time. I was stashing money. Yeah, yeah doing, I was from the startup scene, you know, doing sales startup. Uh, commission was good, making money. And the reason why I went to find junk was because I have been working actively for money. Mm. There must be something wrong there. Like, I don't think rich people do this. You know, that you have to grow, let your money grow for you or make money on its own. So I was asking who or where can I go and learn from? And here's <laughs> Thanks, the danger. Thanks here's for the that. Danger. <laughs> yeah, here's the danger because 
to be honest, at that point of time, I was stashing at least five figures already. And right. it was a low, low five figure. But think about it. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes with that, with that amount. What if at that point of time, I just play with 100 or 200 to learn that principle of not being greedy, of, of really like what you taught me, trenches, of uh, not putting everything in one company per se, but like multiple, two or three. So the reason to, to answer why I'm not in that, that the school that you mentioned, the China school, was yeah. because I put too much egg in one basket. And that's something I'm learning as well. Right. So I'm hoping that during this period of time, stash more income and put into the, the other op- other options. Yeah. So here from me, I'm a newcomer. I'm a, I'm a newbie just like you guys who are not experienced in, in, in investing. Learn with a small amount first so that it's less painful. Yeah, I mean, if you lose 10% on $500, it's better than losing 10% on $100,000, you know? 100%. So that's the number one thing about starting small, right? You start yes. small, you lose small. And you learn mm-hmm. it, you learn from mistakes at a very ch- uh, at a cheaper cost rather than you know you start at like 50 years old you, when you lose you lose big you know and it's going to be very yes. very devastating yeah. yes 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 100% and another question right uh, that I gotten from one of the audience would be what's your take on robo advisory or like robo investing right um, I you know for the longest time right I've yeah. um, I've met a lot of people who just uh, what I call outsource um, yes. their money to maybe someone. For example, like I, I'm sure you guys probably you have some friends who tell you, hey, you know, I want to man- I want to uh, manage money for you. Uh, you know, I can do this kind of returns. And most of the time, I would say ninety percent of the time, things will go bad. <laughs> yeah. Things will go bad. Yeah, things will go bad. Um, either halfway, uh, the friend says that no, or something went wrong. I lost money. Or like maybe the robo advisor will come back and say, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so's account, you know, you have uh, lost money and that's just because there's market risk. And, you know, I find it just very, for myself, I, I don't know for others, but just for myself, yeah. I find it very unacceptable. Like, I just can't take it when, you know, if I lose money, right, I don't know why I lost money. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I just get some general answer like, oh, because of market risk or like because of this, because of that. And you don't really understand the reason why you lose money. You know, I just feel that that is something that's unacceptable. Because for me, right, back then I worked really hard for my money. And I believe most of you actually work really hard for your money. Right? Let's say you work you work at a job, you're probably paid twenty or thirty dollars an hour. So imagine if you lose three thousand dollars, that's hundred hours of your life that's gone. You know, yeah. I look at my money as my time, right? For example, like when I buy food, I'm actually saying, oh, that's like how many minutes of my life gone just to purchase the food. And you know, that's how I, um, how it's easy for me to actually delay gratification, right? Because I just think of the number of uh, days or hours or years that I'm actually missing out on my financial freedom. So, you know, when, when people tell me that, you know, if I let people manage money, people tell me I lose money for certain reason, which I don't understand, I find it very hard to accept. And yep. specifically for robo-advisors, right? even more so that I feel that, uh, you know, people shouldn't just hop in the bandwagon, right? Because um, you really don't know what that robo-advisor is uh, doing with your money, right? They can be doing stupid things like, you know, buying certain funds, uh, which you don't even know how the fund works. They can be investing in, for example, like uh, Europe or like certain countries that are not politically stable. You also won't know, right? Or investing in junk bonds. And, you know, for those who probably are not so uh, well financially savvy, right? They could be investing in companies like you know, high flux, 
uh, which have really high, uh, which which are which which are bonds that give really high percentage. But actually, it actually didn't go well because the company went bankrupt. Right? So you really won't know all these kind of things. What's the decision factor? And some of and most of the time, trust me, I think even this role, even these people who are creating the robot advisors, like they probably don't even know if their strategy will work or not. <laughs> yep. Yeah, seriously. So yep. I always take advice from the worst, richest, number one guru, right? Um, I don't take advice from people who are just, uh, who haven't seen success. So worst, richest, number one investor, Warren Buffett, he has said that if you know nothing, the best you can do for yourself is to invest in S&P 500, right? And the ticker for the S&P 500 is actually this thing called uh, VOO. So basically when you buy one stock of VOO, you're actually buying the top 500 companies in the US. And the number one thing about ETFs is that you can never lose uh, you can never lose all your money unless the U.S. economy goes bankrupt. So this is how it works, right? So let's say this year, the top 500 companies uh, are in this basket. And let's say the 500th company goes bankrupt. So what will happen is the 501st company will get promoted into the 500th company. So, you know, your ETA, I mean, your S&P 500 will never go to zero unless all the companies in the U.S. goes bankrupt. And, if that happens, you know, seriously, like nothing will be worth anything at all. So you don't have to worry about that worst case scenario, right? So, True. you know, just buy the S&P 500. Um, mm. And okay, the funny thing is for sometimes, right, even for these robo, uh, robots, right, they actually buy the S&P 500 for you, but they charge you a premium, you know? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know, and, and sometimes, I mean, that could be, uh, insurance advisors here. I mean, no offense, right? But I, I mean, let's just be transparent here. Sometimes, when you buy into uh, the S and P five hundred through your insurance, uh, through insurance means, they actually charge you a higher uh, management fee or they charge you a sales fee. But you could have just you know bought it yourself by just opening a brokerage account, and just click the buy button yourself, and it's much more cheaper. Yeah. So these are the things that I've always been strongly advocating for folks who. Uh, in their life where, you know, they, are, they just don't have a lot of money or they don't have a lot of time, right? They want to focus on judging cash first and they don't want to think so much about investing. The thing they can do for yourself is to, is to just do dollar cost averaging on the S&P 500. Yeah, that's yep. the super most no-brainer. I think to sum up whatever you just said, right, thank you for sharing as well. I think you, that's the number one thing that I learned, right, was that must have ownership, knowledge, yes. and responsibility in your money. Yeah, like, no like, one... Really, Yep. Exactly. No one is more interest, interested in your money than yourself. True. Yeah, no one will tell you that. Seriously. True, 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 true. No one is more interested in your money than yourself. You, yeah, just now you mentioned about S&P 500, right? I got one interesting question that came in. Okay. Is it better to do a monthly purchase, which is like the dollar cost averaging concept, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or a quarterly? Which would you recommend? I would say it depends on your uh, personal life, right? So for example, like... Okay. Maybe uh, yeah, in the sales uh, job and maybe yeah. every quarter then you get paid out your bonus and do it quarterly. So um, I think end of the day, right, you have to be comfortable that the money that you put aside to invest, right, is money that you don't need for the next uh, two or three years, right? Because okay. the number one reason why most investors uh, fail, right, is because they don't have holding power, right? Mm. So the thing about succeeding in investing is you must hold things for the long term. And when I talk about long term, right, I'm not talking about one year or two years because Nowadays, you know, we are we, we want that instant gratification so fast that you know even long term is just one year. When I talk about long term, I talk about ten years, fifteen years, you know, that long. And um, you know, so 
as long as you have that holding power to last for that 10-15 years, you are sure to make money as long as you know, inflation keeps happening. Uh, why do I say so? Because when there's inflation, right, companies can charge higher prices for their goods and services. Right? And mm. when they charge higher, they earn more money. And when they earn more money, they become more valuable. And that's why over the long term, companies uh, in the US, they, they actually appreciate in value. And that's why the stock prices also appreciate in value. So there's actually a reason why the S&P 500 keeps going up and up, right? It's, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not like, how would I say? It's not like a gambling game or it's not like a, like a like, like speculation or what. But actually, there's a real legit reason why the S&P 500 keeps going up and up, right? So a lot of people ask, um, why does the S&P 500 version of Singapore not go up? Right, we call it the Straits Times Index. Um, yeah. Actually, it's very simple because the top five, the top fifty or top hundred companies in the in Singapore, they are not growing at the rates uh, in which your US companies are growing at. Right, and if you think about it, it's quite logical, right? Because the Singapore market uh, is very small, right? Um, one state alone is like fifty times bigger than Singapore in in the yeah. US, and the US has so many states. The market is so big there, so companies in the US. So if you are the best in the US, right, you're actually the best in the world. But if you're best in Singapore, you may not necessarily be the best that's in the true. world. Yeah, so that's why, you know, your Straits Times Index or STI might not be, you know, doing so well. So end of the day, a lot of fund managers, right, we talk about these people who have CFAs, they have PhDs, they study a ton lot, they're probably smarter than you and I, but they, can't, they still can't beat the S&P 500. So, you know, if you really want to find a way to uh, no, no, in the no-brainer way, uh, invest, right? Just invest in the S&P 500 through the ticker symbol which I typed, uh, VOO. Yeah. Yep. By the so way, actually, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, by the way, thanks for joining us, uh, Green, uh, ZAO, Ben, yeah, Kim. So if you guys have any, like, questions, uh, you can just, like, uh, type in. So we're talking about money, talking about self-awareness, talking about uh, how to do sales, right? So if you're someone, so it doesn't have to be just uh, talking about investing all the time. Uh, if yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to talk about, like, uh, how to generate cash flows. So I think that's the number one question, right? Which uh, I think there would, uh, I think I have a question for you. And this uh, some of the questions that I got from my side as well. Like, yeah. you know, John, I understand that I can start with, $500 only. But if I want to be rich, right, I have to put in more every single month. And that's very, very true. So, mm. you know, how can I, and a lot of people understand that, you know, sales is definitely one way where you can really generate cash flows uh, quickly, right? Not, not overnight, obviously, but yep. quickly and uh, sustainably and you can be very wealthy through sales. So, what is one way one person who knows nothing about it can get started or what's one uh, industry in which one can get started? Maybe Daryl can share more on this because you're the expert what's in this. one industry, is it? Yeah, one industry or one way that you no know, one person can quickly generate cash flows to get started, to have a, to have a power of sum of money to invest. Okay, for myself, right, I'm 24 this year, 25 this year. I started when I was 18, 19, 20, like building small businesses. Last night during my IG live, I was just yeah. sharing this this was like one of my third or fourth business that I created. Nice. Literally, it's an IKEA frame. You go to use, <laughs> use Canva. You really just use Canva. Use your... Okay, for me, right? I, I said, I will help you print your favorite photo with your favorite quote in a nice frame and I send it to your doorstep. Wow. And this, the price of this also. I mean, I'm, I was selling $15. Cost price only $2. And wow. that's how I flipped another $13, right? So, essentially... Uh, how to make an extra income is just asking, just by asking yourself, 
what can I create or what can I produce, right? And by the way, this is a cash upfront business. They <laughs> bank transfer me already. Wow, even better. Yeah, then I go and solve, uh, go and solve all these problems, you know. And of course, this is just one of the product. So I have like a huge S frame, same concept. Print your favorite quotes, uh, favorite photo. So I think in a nutshell, the essence is how can you uh, look at oh, oh, this? Actually, came from a, a problem whereby I wanted to motivate motivate my father and have something that uh, both of us like a common common quote that we believe in lah. When the yeah. going gets tough, tough we're going, and boom! I was like, "What if someone else might need it?" Right. So ask yourself on a day-to-day basis, what is a problem that you face mm-hmm. that doesn't require so much capital upfront? At the same time, if possible, cash upfront. So that's how I, I I did it lah, and and really try to be resourceful. Could it be that a friend have a certain asset? Okay, mm. that you can actually uh, repurpose or reutilize and and sell it to someone. And it's a yeah. win-win deal for everybody. Yeah. Just as a, as example, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for example, today let's just talk about today KBB. Yeah. I, I believe most some of you will, will know about it. So the cost is actually two thousand dollars. Yeah. What if you to speak with everybody is only five hundred dollars? Yeah. But if let's say you think it on an entrepreneurial level, you buy it at two thousand USD, and you repurpose it by selling to hundred people at five hundred dollars each. Yeah. Like that. Boom. Just boom, you got you got you got money because the value to that customer is actually worth two thousand, but the price they pay is only five hundred bucks, and you can multiple you know you can sell it multiple times, so so these are just ideas of how I personally generate income, not just sales wise. You get it right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, start from something very small and slowly as you I'll say ascend, you will learn new stuff. You will learn how to make twenty dollars, thirty dollars, forty dollars, and fifty and whatnot. And with regards to sales, I'll say. Any sales job that comes your way, pick it up first. Like really, just pick it up. I I started as an intern. <clears throat> I put myself so hard to the manager. You know, <laughs> I have created. I told him I've created so many side hustles. I can make money. I'm very driven. Guess what? First month, I I signed nothing. <laughs> so so it was it was very awkward. And I humbled myself and I said, "Hey, teach me." So he taught me the basic stuff and it got me, uh, like a first first I'll say, got me to the first level lah. Right. That's why I started asking my clients how how to sell, and yeah. slowly improve. The more you work on your craft, get the better you get. And for people who are new, that is where I I create this thing this thing called the SEA, you know, Sales Excellence Academy. I yeah. teach people sales basic stuff, uh, to to accelerate your learning curve, lah. So that wherever job you are in, I believe the knowledge or the essence of sales is just the same. Yep. So wow, I mean. Seriously, so find a way that you have zero risk. You receive cash first. You have no inventory risk, right? So you won't have any, uh, one thousand stocks or something that you can't yeah. sell at home, right? Don't take up the inventory risk and find a problem that a lot of people are facing right now, and try to solve it, right? And yes. you don't even need to sell, right? Because they feel so much pain that when you give them a solution, they are more than happy to pay. One one thing. Yeah. I tell you, carousel is my favorite. Favorite spot carousel. Oh, Especially why? If you can run carousel ads, yeah. everybody assume right that it's a place for people to sell, buy, sell secondhand goods. But I make at least a decent amount of money there because, uh, like like for example, I imported Korean pens. I I just share with you guys. So hmm. there's this the box here. I call it the Doraemon <laughs> box. So all my all my goods that I buy from Korea, Japan, or whatever bullshit, I just stash it there, and I have those polymer that I'll send out to customers. The thing here is that 
uh, all you have to do, right, is literally just buy some stuff that nobody knows that has high perceived value and sell it on Carousel. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to create a website. You don't need to run advertisement, marketing, and whatnot. Carousel on its own is really powerful. Yeah. Uh, but you know how to use good keywords, uh, searchable content, uh, a problem that they really face. La. You know, yeah. like I, I, to be frank, last time I bought a Korean pants was, what, what, 1250 USD. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just say about fifteen sing dollar. Perceived value from a Uniqlo, a, a, a Korean pants. Okay, it's like a smart pants. Perceived value at least fifty sing dollar, bare minimally. Yeah. And I was selling for thirty five, so that was like wow. twenty dollars profit. Huge margins. And exactly, it's decent. It's decent for a start. So back then, me, I didn't believe in investing because I was like, why? Why do I put fifteen dollars and let it grow there when I can flip it like that? You get it? Last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. Talk, yeah, when you talk about twenty k, thirty k, you cannot flip this way, lah. Yeah, so that's my concept. Small money, I will think of ways to flip it, flip it, flip it, to stash big money, and I throw it to the market. Right. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, you guys can learn a thing or two from the way I do. Might not be the best way, but just my sharing. Okay, I think I see uh, this comment by HUIC. Uh, so you're yeah. asking, VO must manually buy, right? Can't use direct credit in FSM. Um, I'm not very sure what you mean by direct credit. If you're talking about uh, money that you have actually funded into FSM1, you actually have to buy it manually. It's actually like, it works like a stock. Uh. So when you buy the stock, you're actually uh, immediately diversified. You're buying into like the top final companies in the US. All right. And, you know, I, I just um, have another avenue. Right? So for, for people who are, you know, you, you are really very shy. Like you feel that you're not a sales guy. And you're more like an intellectual kind, you're more like a geeky kind, like, like me, you know, I, I was actually a very geeky person. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I do is I actually uh, take part in a lot of competitions in uh, university. So I think I see quite like a lot of like a young crowd right here from Darius side. So or even in my polytechnic, you don't even have to be in, in a university to take part in these competitions. So these competitions are, are actually called like hackathons where you can actually um, they give you like a case problem and you have to pitch a solution. So it, it, the solution doesn't even have to work, right? It's just um, a, a presentation. You can do like a, a minimum viable, viable product. That means uh, basically you can do like a video to show how the, the so-called uh, product will work. And you don't have to really make it work, work, but you know, you can obviously use editing tricks and all to make it look like how, make it show how it will work. Let's say if this product is out. And you know these competitions are paying you like $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, let's say if you win them. And some of them even fly you overseas, you know, to take part in um, the regional contest, right? So literally you get paid to travel, you get paid, uh, you know, to come up with solutions. And, you know, there's seriously no risk, right? The only risk is you go up, you present, and you maybe lose a bit of face, but you get better every single time, right? So what, what me and my team did was that uh, over a span of three months, in the semester, we actually took part in like, I think seven or eight competitions and we win four. So the trick is once you win a competition, you just keep reusing the idea. Just keep uh -huh. repurposing it because it's proven yeah. to work, right? I mean, why you want to change something that works? So use the same idea and in that three months, we actually raised like $40,000 and we won a trip to Taiwan as well. So, I mean, if you're more like the geeky kind, you know, that's something that you can consider um, trying out. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we see a lot so, of people joining and uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, for, so, thanks for joining us, guys. 
Yeah, so for those who just join, if you're wondering what's happening, so we're talking about money, uh, we're talking about um, self-awareness, and we're talking about sales. So if you have any questions relating to this topic, right, just type them uh, in the comment section below. Um, I actually have this uh, question from, okay, I can't remember his uh, IG name, but I think you know who you are. So this person actually asked me, right, can I um, look into this company called CK Hutchison, right? So basically, they are a conglomerate in, in the Hong Kong, uh, listed in the Hong Kong stock market. And what they do is they do uh, telecommunications, they do uh, utilities and everything, right? So today, I want to share with you this uh, framework called the DIE framework, the DIE framework, right? So if you don't look at this framework, you will die, <laughs> Um, this is for people who are more serious into really wanting to look at uh, individual stocks, right? So the number one thing that I look at uh, is this thing called uh, DIE. Okay, so you can see, right, I actually, uh, oh no, it's uh, opposite. So maybe I should... Opposite, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you can see this uh, framework, right? So this is D, right? So what is D? D is actually uh, debt, right? So what I like to do is I like to look at um, how... Okay, so for example, right, let me just give you an example. If today, right, I'm worth uh, $1 and I have, let's say, let's say if I'm worth $1,000, right, I have $1,000. But if I owe the bank uh, $500, I'll feel kind of uncomfortable because 50% of, uh, of my net worth is actually uh, debt. Okay, so uh, when we look into companies, right, we want to make sure that they are not overly leveraged because the number one thing that kills a lot of business is not because they can't earn money, not because, uh, you know, they have a sucky product, but it's because they have a lot of debt, right? So uh, my criteria is that I want it to be lesser than uh, uh, 50, 40%. All right, so you can see uh, this is C.D. Hutchison. The debt to their worth is actually increasing over time and lately their debt to worth is actually above uh, 40%, right? And I think that's kind of uncomfortable for me, right? So as of all things, right, uh, when we compare, right, we have to, how do we know if something is good, right? We have to compare with like uh, the top companies in the world, right? So when I tell my uh, members in my community, when you want to invest, you always have to um, increase your benchmark, right? So if you look at 100 companies, out of companies, you're buying 50 companies, you're not, you're, that means your standards are not high enough, right? You look at 100 companies, only maybe, only five companies should come into your radar and you only swing your bet in this like five top companies, right? You want to buy the top businesses in the world, right? We don't just buy any other businesses, right? So I consider Visa uh, one of the better companies in the industry, right? So you can take a look, right? Visa's uh, debt to worth is always lesser than 40%, right? Never, in fact, in 2015, they have no debt at all, but then they took on a bit of debt to actually uh, fuel some growth in their business, right? So when I compare CK Hutchison to Visa, right? Obviously, CK Hutchison doesn't pass uh, the debt criteria, right? So the next one, uh, unfortunately, because um, my, my printer was a little uh, edgy today, so I couldn't print out I. So I is actually your inflow of cash, right? We always want a business to have cash coming in. So imagine, right, let me give you an analogy. If today, right, let's say Daryl, if today I tell you I have, I'm earning $1 million every single year. Yeah, but when you look at my bank account, but you only see $1 in my bank account, do you think it's a, a dubious or not? 
Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's dubious, right? So, I mean, yeah. same goes for business, right? Um, some businesses, they can um, lie or fake their earnings to say, okay, I earn you know, a million dollars or uh, $2 billion every year. But when you look at the number of amount of cash that's coming in, right? If it's, um, not, um, if it's not positive, right? If it's negative cash, you know, that means uh, something is wrong. Okay, so let's take a look at... Uh, okay, I do not have the uh, cash chart. But the cash chart looks okay. So both, both businesses, both Visa and CK Hutchison, they actually have a positive cash coming in. And the last thing I want to look at is E, right? D, I, and E. So when you look at E, right? Uh, basically, this is the earnings of uh, both businesses, right? So ideally, right, I want a company that is like Visa. Can you see Visa's earnings is what? Right, it's actually increasing. Right, yep. so this is the earnings of CK uh, Hutchison. You can see that it dropped and it's kind of like stagnant, right, for the past uh, since 2016. So when you look at this, right, uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 very. Uh, let me put it this way, right. I mean, some of you might disagree with me, but you no. Know, so I ask you, Daryl, do you want to date someone ideally? Do you want to date someone who's earning more and more money every single year? Of course, la, right? Of course, right. I mean, ideally, right. Yeah. I mean, let's. I mean. Uh, okay, la, I mean, people will judge you for being materialistic, but I mean, but it's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's good. I mean, it's a very good bonus. So, <laughs> so you know, say for companies, right? When you buy into companies or when you buy into businesses, you want businesses to be earning more and more money every single year, right? So, think about it, right? If today, right? If today, if I have a friend who come, if you have a friend who come to you, right? So, for example, Daryl, I come to you and I say, yes. hey, Daryl, do you want to buy... Uh, over you, do you want to be a business partner with me? Do you want to buy over some shares of my business, right? Yep. So, Daryl, will you be concerned if you know I'm going to earn more and more money every single year? I will not be as concerned because you're growing, right? But you want yeah. to at least know that I can be Ooh. growing my earnings, right? You want to see at least some track record that I've grown, right? Yes, right? correct. Yeah, I, I can't be go coming to you then actually my business not earning money yet. Will yeah. you invest in me? No, of course not. <laughs> I yeah, get it, I get it. All right, you get it, right? So, yeah. uh, so let me show you the chart again. All right, so DIE, this yeah. is, yeah, DIA, right? So this is the earnings of Visa, right? And if you compare it to CT Hutchison, right, you can see that the earnings of CT Hutchison is actually kind of like stagnant for the past uh, three to four years, All right? So for the person who asked me, would I take a look at CT Hutchison just by looking at the numbers? And you can see it's very, very simple, right? How you look at a stock is really how you look at if your friend were to ask you to buy his business, right? It's very, very intuitive, right? So I look at these three things and just looking at these three simple framework, right? D-I-E. If you don't look at it, you will die. Just remember, D-I-E. <laughs> right? If I don't look at yeah. die, right? I just look at die in three minutes, right? In three minutes or maybe one minute, I can know if this company is worth looking at or not, right? Why I took more than three minutes because I have to explain to you, but you know, if I would just yeah. mentally look at it, maybe in 30 seconds, I can kind of tell Right, whether if this company is worth looking at. Yeah, so this is just a very quick uh, framework that uh, I always like to share with people. Right, let's say if, you are, if anyone to ask me if a company is worth looking at or not. Right, so yeah. I just received another question with regards to stocks again. Okay, I think it's wow. a fantastic <laughs> chance for, yeah, it's a fantastic chance for them to ask you actually. Sure. Uh, in terms of stocks, right, there's two types. Would you say, or maybe there's more, right? There's yeah. growth and there's dividend stocks. Mm. What's your take on both of them? And what's, what's, is there a strategy in place or how does that work? Okay, so actually it's very simple, right? Think about it, Daryl. Um, 
you know, you're talking about this flipping thing, right? You're talking about yeah. this uh, flipping thing, right? So, yes. you're saying that you're flipping, um, you're buying things at $15 and you're flipping at $30, right? I mean, let's yes, right. keep the numbers simple about that. So, your ROI is 100%, yes. right? Yeah. So, it's the same as companies, right? Let's say if you have a company, right, that's using uh, $1 and they're generating 100% return on that $1, right? You will want that company not to pay you dividends. I mean, let's just uh, maybe make it more, uh, contextualize it to a personal example, right? So, Daryl, if you know that you can flip, um, you can flip $1 with $1, that means you have 100% uh, return, right? Yeah. Would you want to go on a holiday? Would you want to take out $4,000 for, uh, from your business and go on a holiday? You know, take out the money? Or yeah. would you flip it more? Money in the business, right? Yeah, or would yeah. you take the money, put it back in the business and flip it more? Definitely the second, second option. Second if option, right? Go, yeah, if I can go, why not? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, when I buy into companies, I like to buy into growth companies, companies that can grow really high and not pay me dividends. I hope they don't pay me dividends. And I know it sounds a bit strange and counterintuitive, but yeah. you know, if you think about it from a business perspective, like as a real business owner, if I know my business can generate 20% returns for me, right? why would I want the business to pay me out in terms of dividends? Because even if I get the dividends, I have to find another opportunity where I can flip my money at 20%. And that becomes a headache, right? So I would prefer not for, I would prefer them not to pay me dividends. And if they pay me dividends, I have to pay the US government 30% tax. Right. So not only do I not get to flip my money at 20%, I have to pay tax yeah. to Uncle Sam. Yeah. Right. Uncle Sam is the US government, by the way. So yeah, you know, right. just thinking tax-wise doesn't make sense. Thinking of it from a business owner perspective, right, of flipping money, it doesn't make sense at all for my company to pay me dividends. So for me, I would love to prefer to invest into growth companies first because I mean, I'm in the phase of you know, uh, growing my capital to a certain size, right? So when people ask me yeah. what's my certain size, I'm talking about maybe $5 million, right? $5 million that I think I've been very comfortable. I can be, you know, uh, really just be very, very comfortable, you know, go two times, uh, two times a year, go holiday and whatever not, right? So when I hit that size, I would, start looking at dividend companies, right? Mm. Because uh, it's more of like a thing where I can you know, uh, pass on to my kids in the future, right? Let's say anything happens to me, uh, my wife or my parents can actually leave off the dividends that, uh, you know, that I'm receiving from these companies, right? So um, to keep it short, right? Early stage of your life, focus on growth companies, growth. right? Nothing mm. but growth. Um, when you have a lump sum of money, consider dividend companies to get it's your uh, steady stream of cash flow. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, right? If you compound your money at 10% and at 5%, so dividend companies, they usually only go at about 5%, right? Growth companies, maybe you go at 15 to 20%. That difference, right, in the growth rate, right, can cut short your financial freedom by up to 10 years, you know? So if you invest in companies that can go 15, 20% versus 5%, you can actually shortcut your journey to achieving your financial freedom, right? By 10 years, almost there, around mm-hmm. that. You can go and churn out your Excel calculators and everything. 10 years, you know. So, you know, I would rather delay that cash flows coming in, grow my capital, and be free 10 years earlier. Yeah, so that's sense, uh, my short answer to that. Yeah. That's, that's the, I think that's partially the reason why I bought into your entire program as well. Because 
it really makes sense. It's super under, it's super easy for me to understand. You see value in the company, it makes sense. The whole thing, if it won't corrupt or like go 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 bankrupt, if let's say there's a time like like crisis like virus. Yeah. Yeah, and it's scalable, right? The stuff that you taught us, like if it's a technology company, if it's like a pharmaceutical, or whatever. Yeah. So when you spend X amount of money on a certain medicine, then that's it. The fixed cost is more or less done. So yes. all these things, as a newcomer, I can get it. I can apply it and, and with the guidance. And that's why I chose la, that, that growth investing is my, my thing. So there's so many different things, like Forex la, and this and that. So <laughs> yeah, so it's so confusing and, and stuff like that. But personally, I just see that there's the most value in, in value investing la, because you only believe, you're building something that makes sense. You, you yes. know, you're part of that business that, you know, that's building something that is uh, impacting others. La. Yeah. I, I always like to tell people, right, when you buy something, right, you always want to understand what you're buying. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very logical, right? I mean, when we buy phones, you know, we want to, you know, when people buy phones, right, they, look, they really understand what they're buying or what the camera, how many megapixels, yes, yes, how yes, many yes, GB yes. storage, can I uh, download certain apps? You know, they really understand what they're buying. Uh, when people buy computers, right, they know how much RAM, they know how much GB and everything. So, but why when people buy stocks, uh, they don't do this same <laughs> amount of due diligence or when people yeah. buy insurance policies they don't know what they're buying so you know it's very, very strange you know so yeah. if we can bring our natural way of buying things you know, like just buying our normal things right to investing or maybe insurance or anything right anything that you buy or like any investment uh, opportunities that your friend gives you right it has to make sense if it doesn't make sense that means okay so I think this is the number one thing that I always like to tell people, right? If someone gives you a pitch on an investment um, opportunity and you don't understand, right? It's not your fault that you don't understand, right? It's not your fault. It's the person's fault. So don't feel dumb. Don't feel that you feel dumb. But rather, it's the person's fault for not making it simple enough for you to understand. And chances are, if it's not simple to understand, it's something that's smoky, it's either a scam or it's something that, you know, will not uh, have a very good outcome, right? So, really, sometimes this, it doesn't have to be so hard, you know, to, uh, to, to really invest and make money uh, profitably, yep. right? All you need is patience and you need the discipline, right? The discipline is the discipline to swing your bet or swing your money only when you understand. Because sometimes, uh, sometimes when we don't understand something, we feel dumb and we feel pressured mm. to, you know, buy because you know, whatever the salesperson is just so convincing or what. But we don't have to do that, right? Because ultimately, it's our money and we have to say, right? So we don't have to feel dumb. Okay, so JYSJ, you said that bottom line to do your own research and see if it meets your criteria for investment. And you're absolutely right, right? Don't be pressured to do anything, right? So no one can kill your father or mother if you don't buy into anything, right? So, yeah. you know, you don't have to be uh, stressed about it. And I think number one reason why most people lose money is because they do not dare to ask. And mm. well, it's such a pity, right? Because sometimes all you have to do is just ask one person and maybe that person has been there, done that, and he tells you, okay, avoid this because certain bad experiences has happened. You could have easily avoided losing money, right? Mm. Not just in investing, but a lot of things in life also, right? Maybe learning something new, how to be uh, the best, how to learn it fast enough. Right, you want to learn from the best or someone who has already been there and done that. So it's all about asking, having the humility to ask. You know, it's okay to uh, look down or feel down. I mean, everyone has to go through that process, you know, to, to attain mastery. To attain mastery, you at least 
have to become an idiot at least once or twice, you know. <laughs> you don't get mastery by, by looking smart and being right every single time. It just doesn't yeah. happen. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's funny That's how true. people are so scared of, uh, you know, failing or looking stupid. In fact, I always tell people, I'm happy if someone proves me wrong and I look like a complete idiot because I'd rather look like a complete idiot than I lose all my money. Yeah. True. So True. I'd rather be wrong so that I'll be right. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit mind blowing. Yeah. I think that's something that uh something from my side I want to share as well. Humility I, I think I did one post, you know, or a recent post. Humility was something that after doing the personality test, because this 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 video, you know, this IG live part of yeah. it is actually something that we want to share. Yeah. You know, so so it took I mean I teach self awareness. So obviously I need to use it on myself again, you know. So it took me a lot of uh I'll say courage. To be aware that hey shit, humility was my lowest uh, character characteristics, which it's understandable because I've been sharing a lot of knowledge with my boys, right, my SEA team, and a lot of people who's asking me questions on DMYK. and I was very real with myself. I don't want to escape. I said, Daryl, when was the last time you actually learned something from someone, right. or when did you actually look for mentorship again? Because right. the last time I think the last one was with you, you know, which was last year March or February. So. There's a lot of complacency in place, and I was like, hey, I need to take myself out of that situation. So that's why for my followers, right, you'll see that the past few weeks, I've been meeting a lot of new, uh, new faces, new people, going to seminars. Tell my friends that, hey, I want to learn because I want to build this dream of mine. I'm an idiot now. I don't know anything. I don't know how to create offer. I don't know how to teach people like, the unique sales strategy. But I'm learning, you know, but at the end of the day, my mission is there, and I'm here. How to get there? And people who are really genuinely kind or like believe in you, they will bring you there. So, so that was like my biggest takeaway the couple of days. It's okay to, to say that you suck, like what uh, Zhang has shared earlier. I'd rather people tell me, hey, you're dumb, la. but bring me to my dream. <laughs> you get it, right? Yeah. Rather than telling me, hey, boy, you're actually smart, huh? you're very good, and, and I cannot achieve my dream. So what's the point? Yeah. So, so uh, it's a very valid point. La. Yeah. I, I think one thing about, uh, I mean, talking about like, you know, uh, comments that people give, uh, one thing that struck me a lot, I mean, I, I got this from Gary V, right? He says that right. don't overvalue uh, opinions, right? So he says that, you know, if some people like praise him, he'll feel just okay. He won't feel like over the mood. Um, so when the thing about um, overvalue or what I call um, overvaluing opinions is that when you get good opinions, you'll be really, really, really happy. But when the bad opinions come, you'll be pretty damn sad. Yeah, so... Yeah. You really want to, uh, you know, just see opinions as okay, uh, kind of like a feedback loop to tell you, okay, you're doing something right. And do not let that go over your head. I mean, you can, you can be happy. I mean, we're all humans. Obviously, when we hear praises, we'll be happy. Um, just don't let it go over your head and always have this humility to say that, you know, um, I will stick to my principles. I'll continue the, uh, adding value. I'll do whatever it takes um, ethically and obviously uh, in a good way that can impact people. And as long as that is done, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, so that happiness should come from within rather than, you know, yeah. coming from a validation of others. Because if people don't give validation, then you're going to have uh, a hell of a time. And most people in the world do not uh, give really good uh, validation. So, you know, you don't want to really be like at an eternal state of misery, you know, uh, if you really overvalue opinions. Yeah, so going back to that, you know, vast majority of my students who come into my, my, my class, right? After 
telling me that hey, my problem is procrastination. My problem is uh, I I know that I need to do this, but I I, I don't know how to do it. Uh, self doubt and all this bullshit. Right? At the end of the day, the core of it is self worthiness. Right. Right, and it, it's really that awareness to say that oh yeah, my my issue is this, <laughs> and I know how to confront it. Really, really, you can yeah. be googling solutions or three solutions to get over procrastination procrastination but you still cannot do it really because yeah. you're not you're not fixing the core of the problem right but whereas if let's say you were to dig so deep and have a conversation with yourself yourself right and dig really deep and instead of solving b and c you solve a first and mm. that's where you see yourself having like i'll say that, that growth or that transition to the next stage where you want to be so I like I said earlier as well. Like my money blueprint is wired wrongly somewhere. Really, previously <laughs> I was yeah. Previously, as much as I was building small businesses like that, right, I was selling things unethically. Like I was just a sleazy salesman, and that kind of created inflicted fear in my 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 life, whereby I was like, oh, I make money that way means I harm someone's uh, interest or I or like I didn't. I was selfish like, in in a nutshell. So somehow somewhat. That's why I was wired, right, to always give the free stuff, and I don't dare charge the amount that I'm worth. So it really takes a lot of self awareness to say, "Hey, there is something is wrong." Forgive yourself first, and you move forward. Then you will see that hey, shit, there's a pattern. And mm. and this thing that, uh, hello, hello, anyhow, <laughs> and and there's this thing about uh, this quote, right, that says, "Life will constantly give you the same damn lesson until you react differently." It's the same for stock market, I believe. Mm, if you yep. react. If you react based on your emotion, fear, and you eat hey, this rate, you sell. The next stock that is good, same thing goes, right? You will, you will react again and you sell. You react again and sell. Five years later, you say, hey, stock market is not for me. And you spread this wrong belief with uh, uh, the rest. Whereas right. if you were to solve the inner issue first, which is, yeah, when I go and invest in the stock market, I'm very clear. I've got clarity. You know, I'm not getting money from the stock market to boost or to, to validate my self-worth. So it's very different, you know. Once your inner world, I feel, is is calm and is peaceful, right? Your external world will, re- will reflect that, lah. And that's something that I really respect for Zhang because he's someone that I resonate with. He don't do flashy stuff, buy cars, even though he's decent, financially decent. Yeah, like a lot of things like that. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I personally pick a mentor that I really want to mirror. How to be? So you must look at who you take advices from, lah. Like like personally, and and that's something that I I, I feel, lah. Your internal world must be right. You know, your external world will be okay. I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, I just shared with you that I struggled yesterday or two days ago. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to uncover or discover about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I really like about you, right, Daryl? Like, you know, you. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, you haven't reached from point A to point Z, but you know, yeah. probably at uh, point A, point F, you're at point F, and you know, you're just helping people to come to point F. To become a yeah. better, a better version mm. of who they are today, right? So you know that's all. That that is what we are all doing here, and yes. you know, for me, it just pains me to see people uh, getting losing money by not uh, having that knowledge where it could just be as easy as the DIE framework, the DIE framework. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. for those who just join us, I think I see ten ten X wallet. Uh, oh, 10x. Okay, I see Lim uh, 3107. You know, uh, please watch the replay of the webinar because we actually shared about uh, this framework called the DIE framework. So in three minutes, you can really tell whether if a company that, uh, let's say your friend or anyone who asks you to invest will be a good company. Yeah. Any more questions um, on your side? Uh, I think, I think 
let's pick one last question, right? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we have one. So, okay. what's the top three companies or like top three industries, right? Okay. Yeah, that you think that has has a good chance to grow in this, you know, this state, this this current phase. Right. I knew that was going to come. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Number one, I think uh, tech companies. Uh, because. I th- I will say the age group that we are having in in this group right now, or the people who are going to watch, yeah, use. So I think it will be very easy to understand. And the thing about the beauty about tech companies is that it's not like your, uh, brick and mortar companies. What I mean by brick brick and mortar. So, um, I will consider um a factory, maybe a a manufacturing company as a brick and mortar company. So what I mean by that. So can you imagine if you have a factory that's producing, uh, let's say leather shoes. Right. So for you to earn more money, what you gotta do? Produce right. more leather shoe. Yeah, you gotta you gotta sell, you gotta produce more leather shoe. And how to do that? You have to buy machines, you have to hire more people. Right. So every time you wanna earn more money, your cost will also go up together. Mm. Right. So let's compare this with uh, a tech company, for example, like uh, Microsoft. I'm, I I believe there's a lot of tech companies that I don't want to uh, say a lot of companies that probably for a layman person, you might not know yet. So I think Microsoft, everyone knows it. So let me ask you, Daryl. Let's say if a company like Microsoft wants yep. to sell an additional uh, license, let's say to uh, someone from Africa, right? Mm. Do they need to hire more people or you know set up buy more machines? Yeah, initial fee is already done up. Right. So the cost of the servers, everything, you know, even the initial software engineers that developed it, mm. you no, know, they probably are not. Uh, you don't need additional software engineers to do it because the product is yep. already done, right? So in the case of Microsoft, right, your revenue is going up, but your cost remains cost. relatively constant, right? So that is how these companies can scale really well. And I always like to tell people, right, for the companies that we buy, we want to have as little humans, human interaction as possible. So if a company needs to scale by hiring more people, right, that is not scaling. That is just uh, growing in a very uh, manual way. But if you really yeah. want to scale really well in today's world, right, you have to be able to have this ability to sell more, but without hiring more people. You need to have more systems mm. and automations. So tech companies like uh, Microsoft. So I'm going to throw out some names, right? It's going to be a bit foreign, uh, but you guys just uh, take a look at it, right? So we have uh, really software as a service companies like uh, Salesforce. You have a lot of upcoming ones like uh, Autorix, A-L-T-E-R-Y-X. Uh, by the way, these are not um, recommendations uh, because uh, you know, obviously <laughs> yeah. I don't have a license or what. I mean, I'm just sharing with you what I'm looking at. You know, I, yes. I haven't made a purchase or anything, just a disclaimer. And, you know, these are all for educational purposes. And uh, so these uh, software companies, I also really like uh, companies that are in the fintech uh, mm. area. So for example, like, you know, uh, Daryl, do you have a master in Visa card? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think, okay, so... People in the chat right now, if you have a Master of Visa card, just say yes, right? So most of you likely have a Master of Visa card and you know, they are such a excellent, excellent company, right? They, they, they just set up the whole infrastructure, right? They link up all the banks in the world and um, any transaction that's been made, they will just take a card out of it, right? So no matter if recession comes or not, they'll still be earning money because People still need to spend money, right? People still need to swipe their cards and everything. Maybe during that year, they'll just earn lesser money, but they will not go bankrupt, mm. right? They'll still be a dominant 
player in the world. So you know, I I think uh, these fintech uh, players, like the the huge ones, they're going to do very well. Still, they're still going to continue doing very well. Um, the third one will be uh, in the advertising world. So you have really great companies like Google and Facebook, right? Uh, really no brainer, right? If you if you were to talk to a marketer. Right, or you are in the in the industry of advertising and marketing, you will know that other than Google and Facebook, there's nowhere there's nowhere where you can really get uh, very targeted advertising. So what do I mean by, mean by that? Uh, traditionally, right, when for example, if I'm a pet, uh, if if I'm a pet business and I sell uh, pet equipment and uh, pets, right, what I'll do is I'll pay tons of money, right, to appear on television. Mm. to a whole range of audience that I don't even know if they're interested in pets or not. Right? So I'll be losing a lot of money. A lot of, there's a lot of wastage in money because, uh, you know, what if during that uh, period of time when I play my advertisement, uh, I don't even have anyone who likes pets that's watching yeah. it. Right? So what Facebook does is because of all the data it has, how, 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 you type, how you post, are you a very vulgar person or are you a very loving person, I think Facebook has all these algorithms to kind of classify you as a person. Or let's say if you are in a pet group, you know, Facebook will surely know that you know, you're a pet owner or you have a lot of pictures of dogs in whatever pictures that you post and like me, highly chance you're a pet owner, right? So what Facebook will do, I mean, if I'm a pet, if I have a pet owner business, I will definitely advertise on Facebook because I know Facebook is going to only target people who are interested in the pet equipment into pets. Right, so I save a lot of money there. I save a ton of money. Right, same goes for Google. Right, whatever you search on Google Chrome, everything, Google knows. Right, in fact, a lot of people, a lot of people, they are flaming on Facebook for uh, privacy data infringement. But actually, Google, do you know Google also? Google has even more data than you have. Right, they know where you are going. You know, you know when you key Google Maps, they can see where you are. Yeah. Right, whatever you key. You know, you search for naughty stuff on, on Google Chrome, <laughs> on Google Incognito. Don't think Google doesn't know. Google knows everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, these two companies, I think they'll do really well. And I like to say that Facebook is a flying... Facebook and Google, they are flying giants. I look at Google, they are... Uh, I can't remember how big they are. Probably five uh, in the range of uh, 400 to uh, $700 billion company. Can you imagine that uh, such a big company can still grow at 15, 10 to 20% every single year? You know, most small businesses are struggling to even grow 10 to 30%. But Google, a freaking few hundred billion dollar company, can grow at 10 20%. So this is what we call flying elephants, right? This is what we call flying elephants. And, you know, if you really want to be very safe, you want to do better than S&P 500, you can consider looking at uh, Google, right? Uh, Facebook as well, right? So Facebook is a really very classic case, right? You know, I feel that even though you have all these scandals and everything, uh, even Google can't be as targeted as Facebook. Right? Google can, uh, it's not as targeted because you, uh, Facebook, you have WhatsApp, you have Instagram, you have uh, your Facebook platform. So, you know, pretty much, I think on all of your phones, you probably have these three apps, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that Facebook is going to be uh, the next thing. And uh, recently, they actually have this like VR goggles where, uh, they want to develop this uh, VR reality, right? So mm. I don't know how many of you actually play uh, Club Penguin or Habo Hotel. So it's kind of like a, uh, a VR world. Yeah, uh, it's like Ready Player One, you know? So yeah. you can actually go inside and interact. So who knows, right? I mean, in the VR world, people can actually put like billboards and advertise in the <laughs> VR world itself. 
And Facebook earns money, you know, from freaking digital advertising. They don't need to own a space, right? They just yeah, put pixels yeah, 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 or advertisement yeah, yeah, yeah. and they earn money. Yeah, so check out this thing called Oculus. O-C-C-U-L-U-S. Yeah, so this is what, uh, I, I mean, a friend actually let me try Oculus and I thought, wow, it's crazy, you know, because it feels so real. Um, mm. You can be in a, like a, a one-room flat, but you put on your goggles, you get a view of like your whole uh, virtual bungalow, Wow. Your high ceiling. Yeah. Wow, it, it really feels uh, very different instantly mm-hmm. when you put on the VR goggles. So I think that's uh, probably one place that you know uh, Facebook and Google will be doing. Right? I mean, I, I, I spoke a lot, but I mean, let me just um, put it into uh, three main points. Right? So I talk yeah. about uh, the digital advertising companies. I talk about yeah. uh, comp- uh, the, the fintech companies like Master and Visa. I talk about uh, companies that do uh, software as a service like Microsoft. Right, so obviously mm. Microsoft, Salesforce, a lot of companies are going into as a service uh, platform nowadays. Yeah, so right. these are the three things that are, three industries that I'll look closely on because I think it's the easiest for millennials to actually understand, and yep. it's one of the most uh, easiest. It's one of those superior business model where you can scale uh, uh, easily. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for for having you giving Oof, value to wow. us. We yeah, covered a lot, man. Yeah. Yeah, we initially wanted to do a thirty minutes, like, and extended the hour. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think maybe people are all very hungry and eating lunch, so uh, probably yeah. we have a lot of people coming in, but you know they do not have time to stay. So let's yeah. say if you want uh this session, right? Uh, you want mm. another session. Um, let us know what is the timing that you know you can really fully commit without you know uh being very disruptive to your calendar. Yeah. So that's one, and. Uh, whatever you have learned, um, you know, just tag us on Instagram and put your top three learnings today, right? Mm. Put your top three learnings today, tell us on Instagram and share it with your friends because I think at the heart of all we, uh, at the heart of what we do, me and Daryl, we really want to outreach to more people to actually help more people to either uh, generate income, right, to uh, through sales, right, to become more self-aware, become a better person, right, be aware mm. when on times where you are reactive to become a better person. And obviously for my part is to really stop losing money because you are not uh, financially educated, right? And mm. to even, or to even maybe plan uh, for a day where you can really retire. Yeah. So two things, right? Let us know what is, what is a day and time that is the most suitable for you guys. And the second one, post your top three learnings and tag us so that we can spread the love and spread the message to more people. Yes. Thank you guys so, yeah. so much for, for coming in. Right. right, thank you guys. Right. Have a good lunch. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Daryl. Bye. Thank you.